right, how you guys doing? Good. It's good to see everyone here. I want to say hello to everyone watching online or over in our video cafe. Uh, we are in our third week of the Religion Made Simple series. Now, if this is your first week with us uh, in this series, the title of our series may strike you as kind of odd, Religion Made Simple, because if you're like most people, when you think about religion, it's actually one of the more complicated topics in our culture. I mean, the traditions are confusing. There are countless different churches and denominations. The Bible itself is huge and can be very intimidating. Sometimes it seems like the most religious people are often the meanest or the most judgmental, and there are so many rules that you have to follow. And so when you add all of those things together, religion gets really complicated really quickly. And the sad part is that there are countless people around the world who are on a very sincere search for God, and they end up abandoning that search because of organized religion. Maybe they got hurt by the church or they had answer, or questions that never got answered. Uh, maybe they just didn't feel up to following all the stringent rules or perhaps they think that their life is just simpler without religion. Now, if, if you relate to any of that first, I just wanna say that I'm sorry. I wanna acknowledge that the church at large has missed the simplicity of religion and it has had dire consequences. Churches all over our country uh, are dying. They're dwindling in numbers at such a rapid pace that thousands of church, churches every year are closing their doors to never open again. And so if you have been confronted with the complexity of religion and if you are considering abandoning your own search for God, I just wanna say that I get it. And I get it because I've experienced it in my own life. And so today I wanna to do something a little bit different than we would normally do on our weekend services. I've been a pastor here for several years now and as I was preparing for this weekend, I realized I've never really shared my story now, telling your story is something we believe in really strongly here at City Church, and in a sense, it's the easiest way to make religion simple. The bottom line is people can argue with traditions, they can argue with your definition of truth, people can even argue with the Bible, they do it all the time. But people cannot dismiss your own personal experience. And so my hope today is that by sharing my own story, uh, it can maybe help make religion simple for you as well. And so when I was a kid, I grew up with incredible parents, I grew up in church, and I loved church. All right, my hero, like my superhero in my life was my grandpa Scott, who was a Southern Baptist preacher. I've uh, talked about him up here before. And so while other kids were pretending to be Batman or Superman, uh, I would pretend to be a preacher. And so I can remember as a kid going and preaching to the birds resting on the telephone lines. And uh, listen, I'm pretty sure you'll see some of those birds in heaven, all right? This was some solid preaching going on back then. But that was my desire. And at seven years old, I had one of the watershed moments of my life. When I was seven, my hero, my grandpa Scott passed away. 
And at the time of his death, he was pastoring a tiny church in Riolitos, Texas. Now something interesting happened uh, after he died. As a seven-year-old, I immediately assumed the burden for his tiny church, and I did it quite literally. Just, just a few days after we buried my grandpa, my granny Scott came into his study and found me preparing my sermon for that weekend. You know, to me, it just made sense. My grandpa was gone and somebody had to preach that weekend. And you know, I'm not sure uh, what, what made my grandma do this. I'd like to think that God prompted her to stand up for me in that moment. She supported me and that weekend at seven years old, I stood in my grandpa's pulpit and I preached my first real sermon. Now, this set me on a really incredible path toward what I believe to be my calling in life. And so I would never pass up an opportunity to tell a friend about Jesus or to sing a song at church or even to speak when people would ask me to come and speak at different events. And I was very driven and very ambitious, most of which I come about really naturally. I was born with a natural competitor competitiveness, uh, almost an unhealthy need for achievement. And so all of these factors combined, it makes a lot of sense that I chose out of the Bible for my life verse, the verse I would live my life by, Philippians 4.13. You may have heard it before. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What an incredible verse. I can do all things through Christ. I accepted this truth wholeheartedly. I pursued it. It's what I believed that you could be anything you wanted to be if you just put your mind to it. And so I'll give you one example of how I applied this verse to my life. Uh, when I was a kid, I knew that one day I would be a star in the NBA. Now some things you have to understand is I was like the whitest kid you've ever met. I have both my parents under five foot nine, but I was gonna be in the NBA, why not? I can do all things through Christ, it says so in the Bible. Now this belief actually served me well for a while. But eventually, as I grew up, something started happening to that passion that I had for God. You see, when I grew up, I started learning the unwritten rules of religion. Things like you need to act a certain way and hang out with certain people and talk a certain way and, and you know, the, the best one of all that sure, Jesus loves all people, just, just not everyone can come to church here. And what this did is it instilled a belief in me at a very young age that religion is about what I do. That religion is about what I can do. And so this took me down a path that took me way off track from the life that I believe God wanted for me. You see, if religion is about what I can do, then I quickly realized I only need the first five words of my life verse. I can do all things. Now I know, th through Christ, right. But the five words is what I decided to live my life by. Religion is about what I can do, and I can do all things. And so if I 
help enough people, and if I do enough good works, then I'll be in good standing with God, and hopefully I'll even get to go to heaven. And at first, I was okay with this particular approach to religion. It actually fed into my natural need for achievement. But eventually, religion being about what I could do no longer worked for me. Now here's what I'm not saying today. I'm not making a case against achieving things. I'm not saying that we should be unmotivated or just live our lives as slackers. But what I am saying is that when religion became about what I can do, religion got really complicated really quickly. And if you think about it, how could it not? If religion is about what I can do, then it is now up to me to find a way in life to reach an almighty and all-powerful God. And that puts a lot of pressure on you because there's lots of different options in this life. When religion is about what you do, you have to dot all the I's and cross all of the T's. And so eventually, around my middle school years, religion simply got too complicated. I never felt successful in it, and I was too competitive to continue doing something I couldn't be successful in, and so I reprioritized my life. I shifted the focus off of God, and I put it onto something I hoped to be successful in, which was basketball. And I pursued it harder than I had ever gone after anything in my life, hoping to find that success that I was looking for. And to be honest, it seemed like all of my hard work was beginning to pay off. And so by my freshman year of high school, we had moved to Texas to a small town called Lampasas, and I had grown enough in skill that I was moved from the freshman team all the way up to the varsity team. And that's a big deal in small town Texas. And not only that, it was also an affirmation of the way that I was prioritizing my life. And best of all, because I played a year of varsity basketball, as a freshman, I got my letterman jacket. Now, I have to stop right there because every person on staff with me here told me that in big cities like San Antonio, letterman jackets are not really that big of a deal. But I'm not from San Antonio. <laughs> I'm from Lampasas. And in Lampasas, having a letter jacket with your name on the back of it is a huge deal. High school me would not have traded this jacket for a brand new Ferrari. This was the ultimate status symbol. And here's the thing I really loved about letter jackets. Letter jackets are 100% about what you can do. Every patch represents an achievement. And so over the course of my years in high school, I went after every award because my life and my religion was about what I can do and I wanted to make sure everyone can see it. And just for good measure, right under my name, I had embroidered Philippians 4.13 because I can do all things. Now I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but at some point in my freshman year, my priorities shifted once again. 
And this time the focus went off of basketball and went on to the attention that I was getting from playing basketball. I started pursuing popularity just as rigorously as I had pursued success in sports. And it's an interesting progression of how I got to that point. I started off with the belief that religion is about what I do, so of course I had to prioritize God first. But that got too complicated, so I switched to basketball. But hey, I could rationalize basketball because I was playing for God's glory. I was giving my all for him. Well, with the success of basketball, it shifted my priorities again, and this one I couldn't come up with an answer for. It was simply about myself and my own glory. And to be honest, the first three years of my high school experience uh, are kind of a blur. So to pursue popularity, to raise my social capital, of course I had to start attending some parties, but I quickly learned that attending parties wasn't enough. I was gonna have to at least start casually drinking, but again, my life is about what I can do, and if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna be the best. And so if I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna be the best at drinking. And so what started as casual and just fun ended up becoming excessive and in my junior year, I found myself already becoming dependent on alcohol. Of course, if I was gonna drink and I wanted to be cool, I also had to start smoking cigarettes, you know, like all the serious athletes do. And that just shows how far the priority had fallen in my life. Eventually, I, I faced the dilemma that I know many young people face every day was I going to allow my popularity to be capped or was I gonna start smoking pot? And here's the thing, my life's about what I can do. I have to be the best and the really cool kids smoke pot so I started smoking out just enough to be in the cool kids. I was lying to my parents, I was shortchanging my coach and my teammates, I was often showing up to church on the weekends hungover. My life was falling apart. See, I knew what I was doing was wrong. The challenging part is the same exact belief that had made me such a zealous Christian as a young kid was now making me the ultimate wannabe party boy in high school. And so I was torn. I started sleeping all the time. I would sleep through class, I would come home and sleep. I had no idea, but I was slowly slipping into this depression. And I can remember at the end of my junior year of high school, walking around on the back of our property there in Lampasas, just walking aimlessly and thinking about my life. And these were my thoughts. I'm just gonna quit. I'm gonna quit basketball, I don't care anymore. I'm gonna quit church. I'm gonna quit track. I was so unhappy with my life. And there was this tension because I still deeply loved God and at the same time, I completely believed that he hated me for the things that I was doing. And so on the back of our property, at 17 years old, I got honest with God, maybe for the first time in my life. And I literally cried out to him. I said, listen, I know that you called me as a child to do your work. I know it. 
And then I prayed a dangerous prayer. I said, listen, I'm not going to change the way that I'm living. I don't even know how. So if you want me, you're gonna have to come and get me. I finished my prayer and I wept because in my heart I knew that I was finished with religion. And so it wasn't long after that that I went up to Dallas and uh, my parents thought that I was just visiting my sister but I was actually out there to party. And it was during this weekend that I got sick but it wasn't like drank too much sick, it was different. It stuck with me the entire time and it got so bad that when I drove back I went almost immediately to the hospital. And that one hospital visit turned into multiple hospital visits as they tried to figure out what was keeping me so sick. This was a very scary time for me as a 17 year old. And eventually the diagnosis came. The doctor said that I had an incurable autoimmune disease that I still live with to this very day. And I have to understand my entire life was about what I could do. I had built an entire belief system around it. And with one diagnosis, I could no longer do. I would never be the athlete that I once was. I couldn't go out and party and try to build my reputation. I was far too sick to do that. And I couldn't understand because I believe that I can do all things. It says so in the Bible. And you know, the most interesting thing happened. When I got sick, all the people that were closest to me, all the people who I thought had my back, quickly disappeared. The doctor continued telling me about my diagnosis. He informed me that I now have over a 90% chance of getting cancer when I get a little bit older, so there'll be constant screenings and constant tests. And then he told me the most shocking news of all. He said that because of this particular disease, you can have the expectation of shaving about 20 years off of your lifespan. Now, at 17 years old, you don't think much about death. In fact, at 17 years old, I had felt pretty invincible. But in that moment, I became painfully aware that we all have a date with death. And that reality changed things for me. It motivated me to start from scratch with God, to forget everything that I had known once about religion and to discover it again for myself. And so I bought a Bible and I began tearing through it and to help you understand the difference in my perspective of religion, I wanna go back to my life verse, but this time I want you to see it in its proper context. Philippians 4 verse 12 says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now listen, I'm not the first person to abuse Philippians 4.13 to say that all of my wildest dreams are gonna come true, but to be clear, that is not what Paul is saying. This isn't a verse about self-sufficiency or achievement. Paul was teaching a life principle 
that religion is not about what you do. Religion is about what Jesus has already done for you. Your life is not about what you are capable of doing. Your life is about what Jesus has done on your behalf. And it hit me that when I got sick, everyone I thought cared about me left. And what changed everything is I also realized that Jesus had been with me through it all. Jesus was with the little boy preaching to the telephone lines and he was with the preteen pursuing his hoop dreams and he was holding me through drunken nights and clouded highs and he was still with me in that moment with the same amount of love that he had always had for me. And that reality changed my life from that point on. I knew that life could not be about what I can do, that it has to be about what Jesus has already done for me. And so I wonder how many of you are living with a view of religion that it's about what you do. Because if that's where you're living your life and if that's your perspective, I'm guessing that you know the frustration of having to bear the burden of your own life I'm guessing that you know the stress of having to prioritize the things that you do to try and appease an almighty God. The sting of shortcomings every time you fail at reaching an unreachable standard of perfection. When religion is about what you do, it becomes incredibly complicated. You are responsible for working your way all the way to God. But Jesus came to make religion incredibly simple. God said, there's no way these people can make their way to me. And so I'm going to send my son to them. And so Jesus came and he lived a perfect life on this earth. He died a horrible death in our place as payment for all the wrongs that we have ever done and that we will ever do. And then he was raised back to life to show us that we have an opportunity to also live an eternal life. This is religion made simple. Religion is not about what you can do. The pressure's off. Religion is about what Jesus has already done for us. It's written all over scripture. In Titus it says, not by works of righteousness that we have done, Not about what we can do, but according to his mercy, he saved us. In Ephesians, it says, by grace, you've been saved through faith, not by works. Religion is not about what you can do. It's about what Jesus has already done for us. You know, the ultimate question that religion tries to answer is, what happens after this life? What happens when we die? Jesus came to make that simple. John 3:16 says, "God loved this world so much that He gave His only Son so that anyone who believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life." It's as simple as you can get. If you can believe in your heart that Jesus is who He says He is that he is your hope for the future. 
then your eternity is assured. And so the question for us today is, are you ready to give up what you can do for what Jesus has already done for you? Would you guys close your eyes? Listen, closing your eyes isn't magical. We're just creating some space for you, for the people around you. The reality is we all have a date with death. And at some point, you're going to have to make the decision if this life is gonna be about what you can do to get to God, or if you're going to believe in what Jesus has already done for you. And so I wanna give you that opportunity today. If you've been living your life trying to work your way to an unreachable goal, and today you say, I'm ready to believe in Jesus. I'm ready to believe in a religion made so simple that I wanna ask you just where you are uh, to just look up here at me. To just give me some eye contact so I know that you're ready. Listen, if you're ready to believe in Jesus today, then to affirm that, I wanna invite you to pray a prayer right now just like this one. God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus for me. I thank you that this life isn't about what I do. And today I choose to believe in what Jesus has done. And so I thank you for a new life, for an eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.